The following is a listener-supported ministry from the Grace Evangelical Society. Romans chapter 10. What does it mean to call upon the name of the Lord? And what does it have to do with Israel and Israel's deliverance? A nation that has rejected Christ and is under God's wrath. Could this all have to do with the tribulation period? Thank you, friend, for joining us today on Grace in Focus from the Grace Evangelical Society. Our website is faithalone.org. You can go there and find out about us, about our articles, about our online seminary. And I hope you'll do that today. That's faithalone.org. Now for our discussion today from Romans 10, here are Catherine Wright and Ken Yates. Welcome to another episode of Grace and Focus. This is Ken Yates. And this is Catherine Wright. And together we are slowly moving through a portion of Romans chapter 10. And the reason why is if you grew up in pretty much any evangelical church in America, you've heard these verses used for evangelism. If you've read evangelical commentaries. Tracks, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah, The tracks. If you read a tract, you're going to read Romans 10. Yeah. And so we're really arguing strongly that these are not evangelistic verses per se. They're talking about what you should do after you believe. And in these chapters, 9, 10, and 11, we've been emphasizing the nation of Israel because Paul's been talking about their rejection of the Messiah and what that meant for them. And we see that especially, I think, in these verses as he's quoting from Joel in exactly. verse 13. Mm-hmm. And verse 13 is, as Catherine said, you, you see it in gospel tracts all the time. Amen. I'm just going to read it to you. You all are very familiar with this. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Mm-hmm. And you know, calling upon the Lord, that's walking down the aisle, calling upon the Lord, that's sinner's prayer, sinner's prayer. Yeah. calling mm-hmm. upon the Lord is uh, confession of your sins, mm-hmm. whatever the case may be. But a couple things about this. One is, as we mentioned in our last episode, set, well, we've mentioned it in a number of episodes in Roman, that the word saved in Romans does not mean saved from hell. That's right. And even though that's the way evangelicals take it. It's saved from God's wrath, saved from the devastation that sin brings Mm -hmm. uh, in the world. Both for believers and unbelievers. Exactly. And the other thing that needs to be seen here is that this is a quote found in Joel chapter 2. That's right. Why don't you tell us a little bit about the uh, context of Joel chapter 2, Catherine? Well, in Joel, we're dealing with the nation of Israel and the day of the Lord, which is referring to end times events. And so we're talking about the deliverance of the nation at the end of the tribulation period in particular. Is the nation a believing nation or an unbelieving nation? They are a believing nation at the end of the tribulation. We hold to a dispensational view, which is that the the church will be raptured at the Lord's coming, but then we will enter, the world will enter into a seven-year period of time known as the tribulation. And it is during that time that the Lord will... Sift, <laughs> sift the nation of Israel, and it will be a believing nation by the time the tribulation comes to its close at the end of that seven-year period. And what we've been arguing is that it is believers who call upon the That's name right. of the Lord. Mm-hmm. And even if you didn't know the dispensational framework, 
That makes a lot of sense. It sure does. Why would someone who didn't believe in him call upon it's him? It's kind of hard to call on him if you're an atheist. That's right. Or you don't <laughs> yeah. believe in him. Yeah. And certainly in the tribulation period, those with the mark of the beast are not going to be calling upon him. Right. And so Joel 2 is a verse or a, a chapter that's dealing with the return of the Lord when mm-hmm. he delivers his people at the end of the tribulation period. But what is he delivering them from? Exactly. That's what is the nation being saved from? Right. Is it just that they're being saved from hell? And we would say no. And Joel would say no. It's a national deliverance from this wrath that's going to be poured out during the tribulation period. If you read Revelation chapter 6 through 19, oh, you man. see all the yeah. the seals and the trumpets and the bowls, mm-hmm. the wrath of God and even refers to the wrath of God in, in the book that is poured out upon the world. And the enemies of Israel are going to be surrounding them. They're going to call upon the Lord. And again, they call upon him because they believe <laughs> in him. Right. they're asking him to come save them. They're asking him to come deliver them from all that is going on on the earth. Mm-hmm. And so that is the understanding of calling upon him in Joel 2. And if we understand it as the wrath of God, how wonderful does this fit with the book of Romans? Mm -hmm. Because in Romans 1, starting in verse 18, Paul talks about the wrath of God that is seen today, which is manifested today in the world in which we live. And so the Jews in the end times will call upon him. They're believers. They will Mm -hmm. call upon him. They will call upon the name of the Lord. <laughs> he is Lord. He is He is able to deliver them. Yeah. That's what it means. You know, it's not like the Lordship Salvation people say, if you want to be saved from hell, you've got to recognize that he is Lord. You've got to make him Lord of your life. How bizarre is that? I just think it's pretty amazing that verse 13 is one of the most quoted verses in Romans. It's used in tracks and sermons all the time, but how many people even know that it's a quote from Joel? Yeah. First of all, do do people know that that is even an Old Testament quote? And if they do, is there any comment about the context of Joel? I mean, I very, very rarely see anybody address that. Yeah, that's a challenge for next time you hear someone use that in an evangelistic thing, just say, well, where does Paul get that from? Did you even know that's an Old Testament reference? Right. And also the people who use it, they're going to define calling upon him in different ways. You know, yeah. It's very confusing. Well, you got to call upon him. Well, how do I do that? I've told this story before. I remember when I was attending a Baptist church in uh, North Carolina many, many years ago, I asked the deacon what that meant. I kept hearing it over and over again. I was 12 years old and I asked him and he said, well, calling upon the Lord means walking the aisle when the invitation is given. So, (laughs) which can we just stop for a second? There weren't even aisles when Paul wrote this. (laughs) Like there was no such thing as like a church aisle back when when Paul wrote this. So how could it mean walking forward at the aisle? That's uh. it's funny, but it's sad at the same time. And a lot of people will hear this and they'll go, "Oh, those people are crazy. They're free grace people. They're heretics. Whatever the case may be." But but you can look at this and say, "Okay, who is it that calls upon the Lord?" We we argued in the last episode that calling upon the name of the Lord is something that churches do. From First Corinthians one two, mm-hmm. it is something that believers do. And again, you can read First Corinthians one two, but 
here Paul says the same thing. Yeah. Notice what he says. Very next verse. Very next verse. Verse 14. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? They believe first, and then they call upon the Lord. As I was mentioning just a minute ago, this fits so nicely with what Paul is talking about in the book of Romans, that although Paul quotes from Joel chapter 2, and he's talking about the nation of Israel in the end days, this is true for us as well, in the sense that we as believers now can call upon the Lord to deliver us from the wrath of sin, mm -hmm. Romans 1, 18 through 32, which is all about what the word salvation means in the book of Romans. But you can see here in verse 14 that it is those who have already believed who call upon him. I just want to say that I've had many, many conversations with Lordship people and Calvinist people through the years who've taken these things to be evangelistic words, that you've got to call him Lord, you've got to make him Lord, you've got to walk the aisle, you've got to turn your life over to him. And if you don't, then you haven't called on him as Lord, and therefore you're not really saved. I will admit, people who are strongly in those traditions, traditions are so strong, it's hard to get them to change. Yeah. But I've never heard anybody respond to that. When you <laughs> right. point out, you realize that it's not unbelievers who call upon the Lord here. It is those who have believed who call upon the Lord. Yeah, I think the rest of that verse too helps just kind of solidify it because he says, how can they believe unless they've heard and how shall they hear without a preacher? So you have this ladder, right? It's like first the preacher needs and to preach. And there's even another step. How shall they preach unless they're sent? Right. right. So you have sent, the, then the preacher goes and he speaks and then his message is heard and then after hearing, they believe, and then believing, they call. So you have this ladder effect where you kind of have to do step one before you get to step two to step three. And so it's it's obvious that it's believers who call. You have to believe, and then you're given the opportunity to call upon your Savior to deliver you from other things. In our last episode, we were talking about in the previous verses where Paul says, let him not be ashamed. Mm. The point is that once you have believed, don't be ashamed. Meet with other believers and call upon him. Call upon him as the resurrected Lord who's able to deliver you from the wrath of God that is manifested in the sinful world in which we live. Mm -hmm. it's just, that's all around us. In the last days, Israel's going to do it as a believing nation. They're going to call upon him, and he's going to deliver them. Well, we can do it as well. Again, if you just put aside the free grace, lordship, Calvinist debate, just look at these verses. It is crystal clear that these are not evangelistic verses. We've emphasized this, and again, if, if you've been following this series, you know what we've been saying, but just to draw that distinction again between the salvation of a person and the discipleship, right? That it is a moment in which we receive eternal life, we're born again, but then there's our whole lives that we still have to live and either confess him and walk with him and walk in the spirit and grow or not. And we have a choice. We can choose to live in the flesh and experience the wrath of God in our lives as his children. But we've been given an opportunity to be delivered from that as well. And this same theme is seen in the next verse 
In the next verse, Paul says, How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel, Mm -hmm. let's call it the good news of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. Now that is from Isaiah chapter 52, and it is also talking about the last days. Mm -hmm. And it is also talking about when the nation of Israel is delivered from their enemies and enter into the kingdom. And this is something that is for believers, and it is good news that Mm -hmm. the Lord is coming to deliver them. But we'll talk more about that in the next episode as we finish chapter 10. Mm -hmm. And remember, keep Keep grace grace in in focus. Thank you both for that great discussion. Would you be interested in some free ebooks on topics you hear on this program? Well, if you are, you need to come visit us at faithalone.org. That's faithalone.org. We are so thankful for our financial partners who keep us on the air. Every gift is tax deductible and very much appreciated. If you'd like to find out how you can give, go to faithalone.org. Would you like to have a chat with Dr. Bob or one of the guests here on the program? Let me tell you how to reach out to the team. You can get us on our email address, which is radio at faithalone.org. That's radio at faithalone.org. On the next episode, have you ever heard how beautiful are the feet of those that preach glad tidings? What is this scripture about? Please join us, and until then, let's keep grace in focus. The proceeding has been a listener-supported ministry from the Grace Evangelical Society.